hour. When we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. No bullshit. Let's just end breaking this. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. August 28th, 2020. Happy birthday to my late stepfather, the first one, Jack Parker. Used to beat my ass. Taught me a lot of lessons. Still, I gotta tell happy birthday. Okay, anyway, it's the No Bullshit News Hour. Remember, if you can't sleep, watch the news. That'll cure insomnia. When you want the news, you're in the right place. Everything you need to know in one hour. Uh, This week, this show, the most interesting cop in town. Deputy Chief of the Detroit Police, Todd Bettison, joins us. We will also dissect what happened in Kenosha. Detroit Red's with us. He's going to deliver this week's rant because I figure he's more on point than I would be. Uh, We'll bring you the news. Whitmer and the DOJ wants that nursing home data. You're welcome, Michigan. And uh, the casinos have COVID in them, and they're not telling us. That's an exclusive. Wow, what a shock. Yeah. But first, and Karen is always keeping the show on point. Hi, Karen. Mm -hmm. Hey, Charlie. Hey, and Mark. Hey, DC. Hey, Comedian Red and hey. everybody else. <laughs> hey, hey, Red, did you get a free bowl hey. of soup with that hat? What's going on with that thing? Uh, like yeah, but I had to retire the soup three years ago. The hat is still living. <laughs> <laughs> it's got two more summers in it. The suit or the hat? The, the hat, the suit's been gone. I think a guy on Mac and Bewick is wearing the bottom and a dude over on Shaner and Seven Miles wearing the top. And you stole that hat <laughs> off a of corpse of Swanson's, didn't you? No, no, actually, I got it from him before he went to Swanson's. I, I don't, he was just gravely ill, not dead. DC, I think, uh, remember looking at his cold case. Red, yeah, dead. yeah. Oh, I forgot the police on here. Damn. Hey, hey, Detroit Reds, you've already told me where you stay at. You right? I know where to find you. And his full government name. I'm moving tomorrow with my extended unemployment. He taking his van and moving over to Mack Avenue, right? You used to live in Gross Point. Disclose that information right now with the police in here. You know, we, you know, you, you know, um, the liquor store at Mac and Bewick is a green light, so I, I probably got you. No, no, I don't mess around over there. They, they, they herb is too high. <laughs> hey, Deputy Chief, is it true? Like up at that liquor store at Mac and Bewick, they, they got a turret where they got a sharpshooter up in there. Is that true? I, I don't know anything about that, Charlie. Oh, nobody knows nothing. I, I, listen, I know that um, after it went green light, that really deterred a lot of stuff because before that, that's been a hot spot in the city of Detroit just for, I mean, ever since I can remember, just years and years. But it's calmed down a lot there. It really has. 
Karen lives well, just I around saw, the corner. I saw the police, the community policing van the other day, and there's still a lot of people that hang out there, but they're just, you know, hanging out. You got Mary, the tiger lady, um, and the two officers were there and they were just talking to the people that were hanging out and they stayed there for a minute and everybody left and everybody was fine. So yeah. Yeah, the, the store owner, he 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 likes that. So when it first went green, like folks stopped hanging out there. And then it was a guy who sold CDs and the store owner was like, yeah, you know, it's OK. So, I mean, it's private property. If the owner wants them there and they're not causing any problems or trouble. Right. No, what's the harm? Well, right? well, well, what's the harm? Copyright infringement, Todd. That's an FBI <laughs> violation. Who's still bootleg CDs. That's what, what I'm trying to say. Bootleg. Now that we, now that we, now that we got oh, federal authorities in here, yeah, you could report. <laughs> I didn't say they were bootleg, Charlie. Well, we I need an investigation the in here. Which yeah, reminds yeah. me, hey Red, if they got a community policing van, maybe you can move into that. Huh? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Uh, but first, I want to tell you that, uh, as always, uh, Facebook Live brought to you by American Coney Island. They're open till 10, Monday through, I think it's Thursday, and to midnight, uh, Friday and Saturday, and 12 to 5 on Sunday. You can always get a Coney kit for your cookout. What's next week? Labor Day. Right? Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. It's the best dog in the world. And our friends at ADR Consultants, uh, get your construction project uh, in the red, I mean in the black, up, going, on time, honestly, following the rules. If you're stuck, call Barry Ellen Tuck at ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. The guy will get them moving for you. Uh, they are experts in government uh, uh, compliance, information technology, property management, IT, the whole nine. You know our good friend, Barry Ellen Tuck. Get the job done right on time on budget. ADR huh. Consultants, 248-318-9424. Now, we got problems in the streets. We got, we got a Black Lives Matter movement that I don't think knows where it's going. And things are starting to burn again. Tear gas is going up again. And this last Saturday... Uh, Detroit will breathe our chapter of this thing. Uh, try to take over a corner. Yep. Right, right, Todd John R. and um, Woodward. Yeah, Woodward. Yeah, John R. and Woodward. Okay. Now the reason, like, first of all, knowing you a long time, you're an excellent cop. You got a great reputation. There's a reason you're the deputy chief. You're the most interesting guy to me right now, and I thank you for being here, because eight weeks ago, you took a knee with these protesters. And this week, you said, all right, enough's enough. It's time to go. So let me, let me just play those so our listeners who aren't aware of this uh, are caught up. I went to the front, and I saw organizers, and I saw a lot of angry people. You know, I saw the, you know, protesters, and I listened, and I heard what they were saying. At first, I didn't hear what they were saying. Kneel with us. Kneel with us. Kneel for George Floyd, just if you just please kneel with us, we will leave. Just please kneel. And I said, I don't want any violence. And I said, these officers, all of us, our heart aches. I said I was disgusted by what I saw. So tactically looking, I, I said, my men, they, they, my men and women, they can't kneel from a tactical position. I said, but as the highest ranking person here, I will kneel on behalf of the department the city of Detroit, and all of our citizens. Everybody, I will kneel. And I did. 
And then about eight weeks later. I am not going to let any group set up a Seattle zone of lawlessness here in the city of Detroit. To Detroit will breathe. You're not welcome. Go. It's just not working. Deputy Chief, what's changed in eight weeks? Well, Charlie, you know, a lot. And like you said, or from my perspective, the violence, we don't want that. And then really, like I said, that we as Detroit Police Department, we don't agree with what happened with George Floyd. The chief was the first one to call it what it was. It was murder. I saw it murder what the cops did. And the cops just stood by and didn't intervene. Terrible tragedy. Do I think it's a problem in law enforcement across the country as far as use of force? Absolutely. You know, it, it when you look at the number of individuals, African-Americans who have been shot, and when I look at the tactics, I got a problem with it. So with the movement, Black Lives Matter, and with the intent, Black Lives absolutely matter. But the violence that has went along with it and so I'm not saying that everybody that's affiliated with Detroit will breathe is an issue. But I know firsthand that with the protests that have been going on since May 29th and, and, and in the beginning, it was a lot of violence. Um, our officers were hit with bricks. Um, one of our captains was hit in the head with a brick. Um, fireworks have been projected at us. Um, individuals tried to run us over. But. Also, anarchists have been invited in and they have been embedded with Detroit Will Breathe and some of the, you know, and it's a coalition of them and they go under the umbrella Detroit Will Breathe. But Boogaloo has been here, um, Antifa. And so those individuals have been trying to incite violence and trying to get Detroiters to join in. And Detroit has said, no, it has not worked. So on Saturday, when I heard that a green laser was used, pointed at our helicopters and pointed at our officers, the green laser can permanently blind. And so when that's occurring, that's a deliberate intent to harm our officers. I mean, and, 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 and they, 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 they're not going to recover from that. So we're all for peaceful protest. You come to the city of Detroit, you want to participate. We, we get that. We have been doing escorts and protecting the protesters and blocking off traffic because, you know, drunk driver comes down the street or individual come down the street speeding or whatever. It can hit the protesters. So we're there to protect all lives. Aren't you, aren't you also out there to coax them to go where you want them to go? You know what I mean? You, you know, you're going to steer them to where you want them to be. And, you know, isn't that part of it as well, instead of them running around tearing shit up? So we've only tried to um, coax them to go on a couple occasions. Not much. But one of our concerns were we look at stuff from a national perspective and we see what's happening in other cities. And many of the police precincts have burned, you know, in Seattle, Portland, Oregon. They burnt the police union office. 
and, you know, um, buildings were under attack. And as a proud Detroiter, and I don't think the citizens of Detroit would like to see one of our precinct stations burn. So one of the things that we believed um, is that they, you know, had intentions towards getting close to one of our facilities, trying to set it on fire. Um, you see that our police cars were attacked, windows were bust out. Um, so with, with that being said, we have worked to um, ensure that our buildings were protected. And also it's been other incidents where we knew that as the protesters were going down a certain path, that it was another group of citizens who would potentially do harm to the protesters or it would be a confrontation between two groups. We talked to the leaders and say, hey, if you continue down this path right here, this is what you will run into. We advise that you go this way. So every time that we've tried to change a path or coax, the word that you use, Charlie, it was for the preservation of peace or it was to ensure that um, one of our facilities were protected. Other than that, they have went wherever they wanted to go. Let me get one more in, guys, and then I'll let you, uh, my colleagues, ask you some stuff, uh, D.C. Uh, the, on Saturday, there were, what, uh, 42 arrests, 18 were from Detroit, and 25 were from outside Detroit, right? So what is the deal? Who are they? What's with all those white people? That's what I'm really trying to say. And and what what were they doing? Their complaint is you abused them because you used tear gas in clubs and they weren't being violent. So two questions. Why did you use force? And what's up with Whitey? <laughs> so, you know, Charlie, you have an interesting way of, um, you know, putting it. <laughs> and, and, and so um, we gave warnings. And, you know, a, a lot of folks will say, well, why, why would you use any force? Why would you use tear gas? That seems, you know, barbaric. You know, individuals have an issue with, um, as they term riot gear on officers, they say that that's intimidating. Um, that's protective gear. And so our officers have that on so that when they're throwing bricks they have bottles of water that they freeze. So that becomes another weapon that they throw and other things. That's the reason our officers have this stuff on to protect them. And when you look at the protesters, when they get ready to start doing the stuff, even if you look at some of the pictures from across the country, or even when we have the incident on San Juan at seven mile, when they were attacking officers, um, you will see that some of the protesters put up umbrellas so that as mm -hmm. other protesters were throwing stuff, they wouldn't get hit also, so they use umbrellas for protection. So, with their intention, after they had been given at least 10 warnings of this is an unlawful assembly, you have to disperse, you cannot occupy Woodward and John R. That's not an option. And at that point, some of them left, but it was other ones who chose to stay. And then after the post went out, too, that they posted, Detroit will breathe that they were in fact going to occupy and not leave the location until feds left town. We first deployed smoke. It wasn't tear gas at first. It was smoke. And the reason that we deployed smoke was because they were utilizing green lasers pointing at us. And that was a way to cause some confusion. And then ultimately we did use some tear gas and we went in 
and we made arrests. Now, for individuals, we welcome all who believe that black lives matter. I believe that um, black lives have to matter to, to white people. I believe that. So, you know, I support that. But, you know, in Detroit, when I talk to folks in the neighborhood from the hood and we're having conversations and I'm talking to our young folks, African-American, black Detroit, many, and I'm not speaking for all the black Detroit, I'm just saying, but many folks that I talk to and communicate with, what they tell me is, DPD, y'all cool. It ain't y'all who giving us up, giving us all these tickets, jacking us around. It's in the suburbs. So why is Detroit not breathe concentrating in the suburbs? Why why aren't they going out to, you know, Shelby Township? Why are they just concentrating and messing with DPD? Because you're not the issue. So that's my question. And then you have all the folks coming from, you know, like if I look at the sheet right here um, with the arrest. Total of 16 Detroiters were locked up, um, 27 others. So we got one from Dearborn, one from Rochester Hills, one from Hamtramck, <laughs> Beverly Hills, Clinton Township, two, Sterling Heights, Waterford, Ann Arbor, East Lansing, Chesterfield, Livonia, Shelby Township, Lincoln Park. Say, don't they got enough problems in Shelby Township? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, Taylor was here. Allen Park was here. Warren was here. Um, California was here. Hey, our African-Americans has got a lot of issues going on in your city with the way that some of the folks out there treat us, especially in the courts, because you already know if you go to the courtrooms and you look in the courts, a lot of the folks, we might not represent a large population of those cities, but in courts, we get a whole lot of tickets. So that's where the fight is. But they're constantly coming to the city of Detroit. And that's my issue. But Detroit, I mean, Detroit is the hub of this area. They have been to, um, I think they did go to Shelby for one time. I mean, you're right. It's very concentrated in Detroit, but I, that's the hub. And that's where Detroit will be, will start it. So I kind of understand that. I wanted to ask you, do you regret taking the knee with them no. early on? No, no, How? not at all. Um, I took the knee. You got criticized for it. I don't, I don't regret taking the knee. Um, you know, I, I took the knee for Black Lives Matter. I took the lead for George Floyd for what happened. What happened to him was wrong. DC, let me ask you this. I mean, do you feel like, I mean, I, I certainly don't trivialize anybody's right, whether it's to protest or disagree or speak up or speak out. But I kind of feel like and wonder if you do the same, that this is getting lost I mean, it's getting, you know, people, Charlie talked to a guy who was asking where was Six Mile and he was standing on the corner of McNichols. I mean, he didn't know where he was. Um, you know, there was a young lady that was interviewed on one of the local stations and she couldn't say why she was out there. So I feel like it's 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 becoming diluted and people are not real clear on what is happening and what is a process for true change or what they're trying to change. Yeah, um, uh, Karen, I think you summarized it well, um, you know, it, because everybody is trying to do their own thing. And, and you know, that right there is a lot of different groups um, under one umbrella. And, you know, it's a lot of different demands and all the is various different activist groups who have various um, demands. And, you know, the whole country is speaking and. I do feel that the message does get diluted. But one thing that's a common theme 
that we've seen across the country is with many of the anarchists and many of the individuals who um, want to cause violence, their tactics are pretty much the same because, you know, we, we look at what's occurring in other parts of the country where they utilize fireworks, they utilize different things to um, actually get the violence started. So many of their tactics that are used in other places are um, being used here in the city of Detroit. Do you feel like maybe DPD is paying for the sins of Minneapolis, Atlanta, and some of the bad killings? Pardon me, what did you say? Do you think? Do you feel that maybe DPD is paying for the sins of other departments that had bad incidents? You know, I think that it needs to be standardized um, as far as um, use of force. You know, you you have roughly fourteen thousand police departments across the country. You know, approximately. And each one of them has a different chief of police and they have different rules. The Detroit Police Department went through a consent decree Mm -hmm. um, and we were in that consent decree for approximately 12 years. And we have come a long way. And, you know, we were sued by the Department of Justice. And as a result of that process, um, we looked at best practices and our policies are really some of the best now. And they we have adopted them. And under the leadership of Chief Craig, um, when he got here, we basically uh, were out of the consent decree. We're in compliance within one year. But under that leadership, we have best practices, best standards. And many departments could learn. And and and, and we have very, very restrictive uses of force policies. And one of the things also, we have body cameras for all of our officers. A lot of departments don't even have body cameras. And we know in this day and age, Everybody wants to see what happened. And our body camera technology is so good that it even syncs with our in-car um, um, video. Mm. So we have some of the best. And if you notice that in many other places, police departments don't have body camera footage. So I feel like, it, you know, it should be standardized. Now, uh, so that, yeah. Sorry, DC. In that time, since Detroit came out of that consent decree, which is about the time we came out of bankruptcy, Right. Uh, use of force complaints against the Detroit police have dropped about 60%. So that's a good thing. On the other hand, arrests have gone down 40%. So have we seen a slowdown in policing by the Detroit Police Department? And that's why nobody has a beef, because they never see them or never get ticketed like Red. Red's always the guy getting ticketed. (laughs) Yeah, too you much. Know, you know, Charlie, um, during my 26 years on the department, I've gotten the chance to see a lot. So I know how it was before the consent decree and how it is now. And one of the things that used to occur that will turn a community completely against you is where you have a hot spot. Because, you know, through Comstat, we look at crimes, we see where the hot spots are. And typically, a lot of departments will say, "Okay, let's go put a blanket over that neighborhood. We're going to send in traffic enforcement. We're going to send in gang squad. We're going to send all this stuff in. And without being thoughtful, you just hammer everybody in the neighborhood. We don't do that now. It's more about having the intelligence, getting in the neighborhood, arresting the person, the right people in the neighborhood that's terrorizing the neighborhood. Then the neighborhood will support you. They'll say, thank you, DPD. They will support. But if you just go in because you're having a crime uptick and just blanket everybody with tickets, arrest everybody, overcriminalize, stop anything moving, 
that becomes the problem. So we're not doing that. We're more specific in getting the right person. So as we see crime go down, um, you can you can have high numbers of arrests and not be affected. And but so you know, crimes through the roof. Murders through the roof, shootings are in through the roof. Yeah. So that yep. you know it, it, it you're you're right, absolutely. So right now, um our non-fatal shootings are up fifty percent. Wow. And also our if I look at it right here, to be specific, non-fatal shootings are up fifty six percent. Fifty six? Um homicides uh, we have an uptick of twenty two percent. But what you're seeing is an uptick in violence across the country in our major cities. Thing, the pandemic. That has been a major issue. Also, with the protesters, this is another thing. It really, really, you know, we've been managing. However, when I have to deploy officers from various parts of the city to handle protesters day in, day out, that is, that is, that does have an impact on our ability um, within the neighborhoods, you know, it, you mean it, it it's does. like to, to watch these sources, watch these people walking around carrying on. Mrs. Jones doesn't get a cop is what you're saying. So with quality of life, it affects quality of life. We still been um, responding to um, violent crime and, and we're still handling, but it's tough because it's driving up our overtime. So mm. our officers are working harder and harder so we're still going to ensure that we have officers in the neighborhood to service Miss Jones, but it still has an impact because our cops are working a lot of hours. It's driving up the overtime. We don't have the money. You know? So for, for, for people who sincerely not want to defund, but to help reform how police interact with people in their neighborhoods, what should their approach be? I mean, what is the pr- approach in the process for truly um, instigating, encouraging, supporting, advocating for the kind of change that will be mutually beneficial? It's it definitely um, a conversation, you know, that that works well um, in advocating for And let me go back to the whole defund thing. You know, the Detroit Police Department, in my opinion, and I, I think Charlie would agree as well, is already underfunded. So when we go to talking about defund DPD, um, you know, that that's an issue. We're trying to hire. Well, I, think, well, I think people that have said defund don't mean it. They don't even know what they're and saying. And I think that, yeah. that's been, that's that, that, that's. But I'm but that's what I was saying. We're not even talking about that as much as we are talking about whether it's reform or just instituting something that creates a better bridge and relationship with the community. Yeah, I think that, yeah, like, I agree with you when you say, you know, a reallocation. And it's some things, quite frankly, that you don't need an officer to respond to, you know, and, and it is um, some of the some of the mental health runs, per se, you know, when it's nonviolent. You know, Chief Craig has spoke about it as well, where, you know, it, it may be a situation where, you know, neighbors don't talk to each other anymore. It, it, it is not on a violent level, but. You know, if somebody else can help them manage conflict resolution or something like that. There are different runs, um, but but a lot of it, especially dealing with uh, mental health professionals, social workers. And we've seen that in some other cities. And so we're definitely would love to be able to have a conversation and move forward with that and explore that with the Wayne County Mental Health Authority. I know that they recently changed their name, but 
Now they're you know, bullshit. It, they're bullshit. They don't some, do it. It's an expansion of the CAPA program. That, oh, that no, no, no CAPA program. Nobody knows what CAPA program is. Well, let DC explain what it is. No, does, no, Tom. no. We're not going down the rabbit hole of <laughs> nomenclature here. We got the DC. So, you know, we got a huge mental health budget in the county. And the last time I looked into it, they were siphoning it off. And they had to take it away from the county executive. Because all the money. That's what everybody's frustrated about, DC. Where's the money? Karen's right, you know, but without going into Kappa, where's the mental health money? It's millions every year. Do you guys have a budget for mental health? Yes or no? So the DPD, you know, I, I don't know because I don't know about their budget and can't speak on their budget. But yeah, we don't, I, I'm not aware that we have a budget per Boom. se. Boom. Um, That's what Karen uh, you know, says? We, 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 we have police officers and we respond. And I know that, you know, with our barricaded guns person situations, we've responded to, I think the number is 44 this year. And so with the stress and with many um, of those calls, what we'll find the root cause of it is, it, it, it's, it's a mental health issue. Now, you know, we the, all know about- here's the most stressed out person is the cop. What about your mental health budget for your officers and you? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to um, our employee assistance program and um, under Chief Craig leadership as well, he brought in peer support. So we definitely do things a lot different um, to help our officers. Now, with our peer support unit, um, officers working with our EPA, we have broken down the stigma where it's OK for a cop, OK for officers after they've seen traumatic scenes. They're reaching out for help now. Um, many years enough? ago, you wouldn't get reached out. Right. You know, I remember being involved um, in a shooting incident, and I was back at work the next day. Oof. You know, I was stressed out. I had PTSD. This was back in 94. So now, you shot a guy? You, you nope, did... I didn't shoot a guy. I got shot at. My partner shot him. But uh. because I didn't shoot the guy, um, my partner got a couple days off. But, hell, he was the one shooting at me. Almost got killed. But they put me right back to work the next day. And... Every every individual that I saw, because it was a domestic violence run, and answered the door. He answered when the perp came to the door. He was beating up his girlfriend. He just put a gun in my face and started shooting through the door. And thank God, I don't know how the bullet missed me, but it did. But I will tell you, for 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 months, I had PTSD. How much time did he serve? I can't remember. It was it wasn't much. Couple it just years, wasn't less much. than five. I don't even think it was five. Maybe Look at three. The fuck. I, I, so basically, being the police, just like working at McDonald's. The McDonald's get robbed. They still expect you there the next day at work, even <laughs> though you just had a gun whipped on. Yeah, yeah. He blew, he he almost got me, but but see, you know, because he didn't shoot me. Maybe if he had shot me, maybe maybe would have got some time. You know, but. Okay. I guess I guess do this for me, Todd, if you would. Uh, I want to see how I want the audience to hear if I'm gonna uh, what the information I'm giving them is correct, and then I know what I'm talking about. So, if I if I'm wrong, correct it. If I'm right, just give me a okay. Number one, when the police give you a lawful order to vacate, you vacate. End of story. And if you're the press, you vacate. There's no extra points there's nothing written in the constitution where you're any different than anybody else on the street is that correct 
I would say yes. Um, I would absolutely say yes because, but but the press we do because they whine extra. They yeah, whine. Yeah, we because the media we are transparent and we give them the ability to be able to report. And here's the issue: they're there to be able to capture it because we know that the public wants it. Um, um, and, and we're not trying to hide anything, but it's unfair to officers that if you're embedded in the middle and after we've given the warnings and an officer has, you know, there it, it can be a dangerous situation if a media person or we've heard a lot about legal advisors with them being right in the middle while officers are being attacked with all types of things. As they try to figure out who's who, like grab an individual, oh, I'm with the media. Oh, they go to grab somebody else. I'm a legal observer. At that point, as they're in motion, it's very difficult to differentiate. So the, the, the I've, media, done a, I've done a ton the of these, and I've been in war zones. And if it, yep. that, that's part of the, that's what you get paid for. So stop yep. whining, you know, unless they're picking you out for abuse. Number two, top. Yep. Black Lives Matter and all these uh, Antifa groups and whatever that are here are complaining about Operation Legend in which the, the feds have dropped in uh, federal agents. But believe it or not, for decades, the feds have embedded federal agents here to work with the Detroit police. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Three. My wife doesn't it, it, even... Go ahead. It, it kind of just provide a little bit more clarity so folks understand. Yeah. So the mayor and the chief... We didn't accept Homeland Security agents. It was the Homeland Security agents in Portland and Seattle that dealt with protesters. We have always worked with the FBI. We have always worked with the ATF to help us with firearms. We have always worked with the DEA to help us with drug issues, violent drug gangs. We're what we talked about the uptick in violence with you know individuals getting shot, killed, and from the community, nobody has stopped calling nine one one. The citizens are still calling us who live in the neighborhoods saying, hey, I got a drug house next to me. Hey, it's a violent street gang. They're still calling us and they're still expecting DPD to respond and handle that. So if I so the community, when I talk to them, they say, if you give some more DEA agents in here to help with these drug houses, absolutely, we want them. If you're going to have, have somebody deal with these violent drug gangs, absolutely, we want them. But the community is saying, we do not want anybody from the feds dealing with the protesters. The mayor and the chief has said, absolutely not. We don't want folks from Homeland Security to help us with protesters. And we never even brought in the National Guard. We we refused the National Guard. It has been DPD dealing with protesters because we know our rules and policies. Other entities have different rules as far as um, rules of engagement, different uses of force policies. We know our own. We can better, we, we can better um, manage that. If you have more weekends like last weekend, would that change your opinion on having, say, Homeland Security in so you can get back to policing? We're, 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 we're not going to um, invite Homeland Security in to help us with protesters. That's an absolutely, you know, not issue. We, we, we don't want it. Um, so the answer is no to that. Um, we're still policing. But, you know, our men and women have not are, are, have, have not engaged in a term what we call de-policing. Um, just last week, they still took over 100 guns off the street, you know, um, illegal guns through various traffic stops, 
various interactions with citizens because we know that with the pandemic, with the stimulus money that came out, we see that gun sales went through the roof around the country. So folks are armed up buying guns, but a lot of people are carrying guns illegally. Now, we're going to let you go because we're going to um, get into the next one here. But speaking of guns, that's, like I said, I've been Baltimore, Ferguson, Detroit, you, you name it, I've been there. Guns are now in play. So answer me this one, if you would, sir. When a person has a long arm, a rifle, and it's open, are you allowed to ask for ID about the person's age, or are you allowed to ask about the registration of this weapon? What is... No. No. Open carry. Yep, we're not. Told you. <laughs> Explain it. Nope. With, 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 with the Michigan state law, um, citizens have the right to open carry. So um, we, we have um, sent out various memos and trained our officers um, not to fear, interfere with the person's um, Second Amendment right to open, you know, to um, bear arms, open carry. But the issue comes in play when it's concealed. So um, you have to have a concealed pistols license to be able to carry a concealed weapon. But when somebody is executed, um, 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 performing their Second Amendment or, you know, um, taking advantage of that, we're not allowed to stop them, ask them questions regarding um, their long gun or whatever. And it causes concern in the community because not everybody knows. But we'll get 911 calls from folks saying, hey, it's a guy walking down the street with an AR-15. Well, he gets to, he gets to do that. Fuck. What if, uh, you see, I, can I ask this before you go? Because I'm reading a lot of the Facebook comments. First of all, you're getting a lot of compliments and support for coming on the show and for being transparent uh, and a lot of support for the department. Uh, but people are asking about the times when they knew the officers and when officers um, lived in the neighborhoods. Residency. I know it comes from at the state level, but do, in fact, you think that matters? And is that something that somewhere along the line we should look at revisiting? So, like I said, uh, you know, I, I never thought I would be like a veteran like this, you know, having 26 <laughs> years. So I remember when residency was in place and where all Detroit police officers, bus drivers, mm -hmm. um, a firefighters. So it wasn't just the police. Any city worker basically had to live in the city of Detroit. So when the state um, got rid of residency because it was Governor Engler under that administration where residency went away, um, a lot of folks who work for the city chose to um, leave. You know, it was older houses here. Folks moved for various different reasons, school districts, all types of stuff. But it destabilized a lot of neighborhoods in Detroit. It, it messed up the tax base. So Coppers, Canyons, and a lot of these neighborhoods got destabilized. But, you know, we have to deal with the fact of where we are now. Um, it's gone, probably not coming back. So we have to really work towards making this city a place where um, we improve the school districts where folks just want to live here, want to come exactly. back. I agree. And let me throw this in. the same issue at the casinos and other places where you have to hire people. So you'll hire Detroiters to start um, working and they'll live in the city. And when folks start making a little bit more money, they'll vote on where they want to live based off their family. And then okay. the car insurance is another determinant. Well, all right, mm. look, look, uh, Mark's got a question, but I need to put this in. It's not, it's not a question. It's a statement. So we don't keep asking the residency question. The Supreme Court of the state of Michigan ruled residency requirements illegal. are illegal. That's right. it. End of the story. The story yeah. What's your question, dude? 
Do you feel appreciated when you get shot at, when you're dealing with these protesters? Do you feel appreciated by the community overall at the end of the day? I do. I do. And I I think most of the men and women of Detroit Police Department do because we have a um, majority of folks and they're not as vocal and they show us appreciation and they say, you know what, we're with you. Um, You you guys are doing a great job at, at the Detroit Police Department. You know, we love our DPD. So that's what we're hearing. Um, and we're still out there in the community. We have our neighborhood police officers in the community. We have officers that are still working with young people. And um, we, we, we're taking them food. So that's the other side that you don't get to see. But our officers work with them with various community programs, our parallel So we're still doing the community connectivity with young people. Uh, You're bringing in food? Detroit. You're bringing food to people? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, Hey, Red, Red, they're delivering. What do you want? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm about to give up that address now. <laughs> Finally. Detroit, Red, give me your address. I'm coming to see you, man. Uh, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely not, dude. He's not coming to bring you food. Just leave it on the porch. <laughs> All right, COVID. COVID. Just drop it on the porch. <laughs> He's bringing you chocolate milk and that uh, bologna and cheese sandwich, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank God I ain't had one of those in ages. <laughs> You got anything to ask the DC, Red? We feel appreciated by the citizens. Yeah, we do. By our Detroit citizens, yes. Well, based on all the comments, you are appreciated. So, whether you feel it or know it, I mean, you got a lot of love and a lot of respect here in the city. So, know that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, let them all know. Let let, let everybody in the department know that you get a lot of respect from uh, our corner of the world anyway. We, We know what you're about. We know what you're facing. You know, no police, no peace. That's just a fact of human life. Yeah. We're in this together. Except for Red. (laughs) I'm in this. I just in the shadows. I don't (laughs) bother the police. They don't bother me. I respect y'all. Love y'all. I just don't mess with (laughs) y'all. All right, guys. I'm going to sign off. All right. Thank you. Thanks, DC. Good seeing you. Deputy Chief Todd Bettison of the Detroit Police Department. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. You too. Uh, before we move on, let me just remind you that uh, overreaction is not a strategy. My most important color in America is green. Don't gamble. Don't overreact. Get some square advice. You know who he is. He's got the package. I mean, the whole package plus the <laughs> bulge. We're still getting. Uh, you oh, know, you you, can, you can look on the Facebook right now, and people are going to be. I, I know they're typing about Luke's bulge. The oxygen tank. The, the tank. <laughs> Uh, Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Rational financial advice. A decent human being. Pension funds, little old ladies, and everything in between. The guy is sharp. I've actually... Old ladies. <laughs> he does. He t- Somebody, be, somebody said it was, it, was, it was his retired mother. She really got like, you know, 401k and a little pension. And Luke sat with her. Hmm. Luke gave her advice, pro bono. He can grow any money. Because he's a damn decent dude. He's not one of these sharks and he's looking for the commission. This is how he makes his money. But he's decent. And you need help because the unemployment checks ran out. Maybe that's what's got to do with the streets as well. Which we'll yeah, get I'm going to use Lou for my $32 to grow my... That's my life savings is $32.50. <laughs> we'll see what Lou can do for me because it's looking bad over here. <laughs> we'll make it 33 Which is a win. Stay out of the casino, man. That's probably what he's going to tell you. 
Craps uh, or COVID. <laughs> uh, get advice, get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.GC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Can you double time that? Can I hear hear? Can you? Uh, Again? In post, so yeah. In post? Yeah. I'd like to. I feel just... a little cheated. Charlie didn't do his dance this week. It's like going to the strip club with a drunk stripper. She's just sitting in the corner. What happened, Charlie? You got to pay. You got to post your $30, <laughs> yeah. Ray, and then he'll dance. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Wait, I'm the one that's here. I don't want to. Can I pay to have that stopped? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Um, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Right? Yeah. Disaster. Yeah, yeah young, young Vigilante. What's his dude's name again? Uh, oh, Kyle boy. Rittenhouse. Yeah, 17. 17-year-old from Illinois, drives up 30 miles, thinks he's going to protect some burned-up used car, uh, car dealership. That he has no connection with. Which was burnt the previous two nights. I think there were exactly windows broken, fire started. I've seen, look, first of all, nobody's right in this. For the people, uh, the, the, the right is calling this guy a, what, what are they calling him? A, a hero. I've a seen hero. people call him here, a hero. You, you all sit on your couch and don't know anything. I'm sorry. Because I've been in all of these things. And when you, you see people like this with weapons, man, it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Like Bend, Oregon, you know, and the Bundys, the Bundy Ranch, the yep. Bird Sanctuary, the uh, Minutemen Minute Militia on the border, right? I see guys get shot in Ferguson. Anytime a bunch of goofballs get together with guns, it's bad. So first of all, the kid didn't legally possess this AR-15. Mm-hmm. As you heard, Todd, we can't even get it from him. My wife said, why didn't they ID him? I'm like, you <laughs> fucking kidding me? You kidding me? Can't. In this country? I'm not giving you my ID, motherfucker. And then you find out the rule is we're not even allowed to ask if you're showing me the gun. So now that green laser he's talking about can also be a pointer. This shit's getting bad. So, kid, stay the fuck home. I'd have more respect for you if it was your own community and your own car dealership that the guy asked you to look out for. And frankly, if you have a business, you hire security. Not 18, 19-year-old, hut, 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 hut. No, it's nuts. There's been a lot of uh, Monday morning quarterbacking on this in the shooting of because uh, he killed two people. But for me, it begins and ends when the police rolled up to him and his buddies in front of that dealership and said, go home. There's, right. a, there's a curfew. No, it began when his mother took well, him down there. That's, that's where it starts. But that's bad. I think she should be looking at some type of uh, repercussions behind that, too. But I'm saying, why would a mother in her right mind? I mean, let's let's take it a step back. I mean, that has to that has to be part of the equation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is what I don't like, which is we all sit around and dissect this lives. Right. And it becomes infotainment and nobody's actually got the real information. And what's wrong with that? Well, you know, Michael Brown's dad and all that. We keep going. Right. Let me just say the other part of this is the two that died. And the one that was shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's what the New York Times did. Here's what the New York Times did. They have something called a visual investigations unit. When I was there, we didn't have a visual investigations unit, right? Well, they, they get rid of reporters for the visual investigation unit? They got reporters looking at video now. Yeah. 
like your forensic analysis uh, analysts. That's what they did. So on the left, they're calling these people martyrs. Martyrs? Because the New York Times took all video hours of it, and then they dissected it. So when you're saying the police told him to leave the dealership, which he did, six minutes later, according to the New York Times, and it's, you'll see it, footage shows Mr. Rittenhouse being chased by an unknown group of people in the parking lot of another dealership several blocks away. We now know who it was. It was the people that ended up getting shot. There's video from earlier. White guys calling other white guys the N-word. Hey, man, yo, man, my, my, my nigga. Like, what the f Man, you know, it's these uh, short, squat, scary white dudes who are carrying weapons. So here's what happens. While Mr. Rittenhouse is being pursued by the group, an unknown gunman fires into the air. So if you can see this or, you it's know, on the screen. If, if you're listening, Rittenhouse is running. A man is following him, and behind the man is a flash from a gun a muzzle, muzzle yeah. mm -hmm. right? A muzzle flash. You can see it. They, they froze it. So, as the unknown gunman fires into the air, right, the other pursuer, New York Times words, not mine, lunges towards him from the same direction. Mr. Rittenhouse then fires four times and appears to shoot the man in the head. So... We now know they're all getting into it at a gas station. These guys are chasing them. One dude lunges. Gunshots go off. I don't know. I'm a 17-year-old dope on my own running away in the dark. Uh, and shit became very real to him Fuck. at that moment. Boom. Right? It's not yelling and screaming anymore. Okay, then they go on to say Mr. Rittenhouse seems to make a phone call and then flees the scene. Presumably uh, to mommy? Yeah, hey, mommy, right. mommy. I mean, mommy dropped him off. Several people right. chase him. Some shouting, that's the shooter. Now, as Mr. Rittenhouse is running, he, as we all saw, he trips and falls to the ground. He fires four shots as three people rush toward him. One person appears to be hit in the chest and fall to the ground. Another, who is carrying and brandishing a handgun, is hit in the arm and runs away. Mr. Rittenhouse's gunfire is mixed with the sound of at least 16 other gunshots that ring out during this time. Okay? So, dope kid playing fucking sheriff, mm -hmm. right? Told to go home. He's going home. Dudes are running after him. I don't know. All I know is things aren't good. And suburban police here tell me this. You know what they're most worried about in all this? What? Right-wing white people and left-wing white people starting to do this. Yep. That becomes a really big fire. And now you're fucking with guns. It's a whole new ballgame. Now, when I was in Ferguson... Now, I, I, I will... Can you go to the still real quick before... I'm sorry, Go Charlie, ahead, dude. No. Go, uh, go back to that still there. You can see one of the guys who, who was shot in the arm, not killed. You can clearly see he's holding a gun. Oh, yeah. It's out. It's right there. I mean, you, people can see that. But, but, but does this not feed into a little bit of what we were talking about, about people participating and being in the middle of something that they are intrigued by, sure. know very little about, and have nothing that really resonates with the reality of what they say they're participating in? I mean, this is kind of like a real-life version of B-Rad on Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. That's what this is emerging as. And, and most of those people just come armed with a cell phone camera, though. 
And like yeah, Charlie said, that, that, that's part of it too. You bring that's guns, part of it too. whole new game. We had when, you know what? The cameras are accepted now. Cause just a few years ago in Ferguson, mm-hmm. we got attacked for having a camera. Now it's a fucking show. Mm-hmm. Now the country's on high boil and it's not a joke. It's the guns that you, I'm, I don't want to get into. They're martyrs. No, actually, one is, uh, is a child fucking rapist, and one beats his wife, and the other one has, you know, gun convictions. No, these aren't like the 1960s Berkeley University marching with the Black Panthers. Oh, and by the way, what did those white people's participation get us in the long run? Nothing. nothing. They're the old people where nothing changed, and they got rich, and we all got nothing. Now what do you got? I told you. Nothing. I told you working class white people got nothing. They're looking for something to do for a minute. They're pissed. The money ran out. Focus. Yes, black lives matter. And if we can get it straightened out for black lives, then probably all of our lives are going to be straightened out, if you know what I mean. Lots of white people died at the hands of police. If we can fix it where black people don't, it's going to be fixed for white people. I refuse. I'm not going to war. The problem is everybody thinks their side is right. Mm-hmm. And there are no more of us in the middle. You don't see us. I do think uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, this whole situation would have been avoided if he didn't show up. Okay, but if not him, the next one. The next one. And what did Todd tell you? They're pointing lasers at us. And this, remember what Skip Mongo said a few months ago on this program. When when the shit goes off, it ain't going to be like 1967. Those were 30 out sixes and 38 specials. These are AR-15s. You can stand your ground and you're allowed to walk around with it. And man, when I was in Oregon, the Idaho militia came. And the other militia didn't want that militia, right? And they all had the big fucking guns. You know what they did? They all went to town. Like a couple hundred. I mean, they looked like commandos. And they surrounded the sheriff's office. I would much rather have police do the policing than a 17-year-old from out of state. Yeah, dude, stop it. It's nuts. Or a 40-year-old has been sitting in his basement drinking Miller High Life. And just getting angry about his life in the basement drinking Miller High Life decides to pull out his massive online gun collection. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It solves nothing. It <laughs> creates new problems. So, which, uh, yeah, I don't want to run too long today because I promise everybody. Um, how far are we in here? Uh, we're okay. We're, we're going long, but we're okay. Okay. We can, we can move on to red. Okay, so... Uh, Let's move on to Red, and then after Red, we'll, we'll bring you a message from uh, our good friends at uh, Hall Financial, and then bring you the news that you need, the stuff we're doing that is the news. This is Red earlier rant. Dude, what do we need to know about this, Red? You want to set up your own clip? Uh, <laughs> this is sure. A, wait, oh, this wow. is weird. This is weird. Red's introducing Red pre-recorded. <laughs> Which we decided... <laughs> To not do this before the, the show. Yeah, we're like, look, Mike before. and I are talking like, let's, and, let's do showbiz. And, somebody, and somebody's <laughs> asking who's Red. So let's let them know who Red is. It's the guy with the cheap hat right there in the screen. And if you don't know, hey, Red, who are you? And, uh, local stand-up comedian and social commentator. Shit talker. And um, are you a black man or are you um, using a voice and you're, you're really white and you're going to pull a trick on us later? Oh, no, the trick was pulled on me when I was born from a white and a black parent. So, no, I'm mixed. 
And then you got adopted, but no one ever told you like one of your parents was white, right? Yeah, yeah. My both my parents uh, were black. I was adopted at six months. The parents that had me too young, interracial couple in the seventies wasn't happening. So um, I was adopted by two black parents and didn't find out I was mixed until I was twenty four because I was raised hmm. uh, with two black parents. So, so this, this they is like didn't know nothing about being white. <laughs> this is like Steve Martin in the Jerk. You like you weigh up. You're like, you mean I'm gonna stay this color? <laughs> if he's 50 if he is uh, if he is biracial i mean we go to three percent rule he's black yeah all day well i know you are karen your father's arabic your mother's black i'm tri-racial red what about you mark i'm as white as they come yeah but you, you're nar- narcoleptic right <laughs> yeah that too say yeah. That, so mark. Does, what <laughs> Don't say they're white as their con. Don't well, say that. Uh, French, Swiss, Belgian. What I mean, it's, it can't get more European than that. Scandinavian. Karen. I didn't choose it. <laughs> Those are Vikings, man. Exactly. What happened to you? What's <laughs> about me? I thought we were setting up Red's piece. We are. So just the point <laughs> is, sorry. like, go ahead, Red. Look, <laughs> race is cool to talk about if you, if you love each other, oh, and you're yeah, respectful. You don't have to be afraid. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to talk it more. Yes. Talk about it more. We need to talk about it honestly. So, Red, my apologies. Take it away. Not a problem at all. Uh, basically, um, the video is me uh, doing a rant because I've just gotten so tired of the narrative and the message of what really needs to be going on for justice and equality is being construed by outsiders in every major city coming from other places to pick up the message and, and, and misconstrue it. And I think... BLM and all the other groups. You're going to say this in the piece, Red. You're going to, and it's going to be. It's a video with me, mad as hell, talking shit about the bullshit going on. There you go. The trash is set. Y'all better realize what the fuck is the next phase of this. The next phase is now they're going to have us in the streets, civilian on civilian, giving these motherfuckers legitimate right to shoot and kill over property. First of all, it's no motherfucking law on the book that condone the murdering or killing to protect property. That's against the law. Let's, no, let's fucking not. cover that. Okay? As well as it's against the law to loot, steal, and rob. That's true. But what y'all got to understand, what's been happening is they done took the narrative of BLM Black Lives Matter and everybody else, the other groups that's trying to been getting police reform and all that shit and turned it into this defund narrative. Okay? And we've allowed them to do it because you young motherfuckers keep running out there saying that shit and not checking motherfuckers. You're letting motherfuckers come in your community, pick up your calls, and not even check them when they construing your narrative and all the white folks that want to go protest and march and be down that's fine but if you're not going in there to keep up and uphold the narrative of the truth of what's really wanted because no motherfucker want no police that's the stupidest shit i ever heard <laughs> My man. but y'all youngsters in such bliss and bluster and anger and, and frustration are letting these motherfuckers come in and direct your narrative. The opposing side, which is your government and your police force, is now taking that redirected narrative and scaring the living shit out of motherfuckers 
to make them believe you really don't want no police at all. Now the police is acting on that. They stepping back. Because that's what the fuck happened down there in Kenosha. The trap is set. Quit taking the fucking bait. I ain't tell you stop protesting. I ain't tell you stop making noise. I ain't telling you to stop being angry. I ain't telling you to stop demanding equality and justice and the right to pursue happiness and, and, and good living in this bitch. What I'm telling you is play fucking chess. Because this checker shit is going to get a whole <laughs> lot of people fucked up and killed that's unnecessary and it still ain't going to be shit accomplished. Look what the fuck you're looting and you're riding and accomplished since they killed George Floyd. And for you opportunist low-life pieces of shit that go out and start this bullshit, why people is really marching for your punk ass rights too. Y'all need to be whooping their ass. <laughs> Because they are just as destructive to your narrative as any outside other race coming in to support and twisting the shit. The trap is set. They've changed the narrative. Got a goddamn political race going on, and this is what their narrative is. Law and order. I watch, if you ain't been watching the RNC, you need to. Not to agree, but to hear what the fuck they saying about you. To hear what the fuck ideal they putting out here about who you may be in support. Do you get what I'm saying? That defund the police bullshit everybody been hollering. They running on that now. That's they running platform. That's our fault. Because we let them do that. We let them rewrite that narrative. Instead of saying restructure the police, police reform. We let that shit get to defund. Y'all want some real change. Y'all gonna have to smarten the fuck up. Y'all not gonna win against the police like this. Y'all gotta quit these motherfuckers from fucking the message up, going to steal and burn down shit. Cause y'all trying to go to war in the streets using your black ops training from the video game is getting y'all fucked up. And it's deterring from the message. We already know the motherfucking office didn't sign no real police reform bill. That shit was worth a piece of toilet paper. And you know why they ain't gonna sign a real one? Because y'all ain't playing the game right. Yeah, march, protest, bring awareness, but at the same time, register the fucking vote. Hey, start making sure that the motherfuckers around y'all got your agenda in mind. Don't let these motherfuckers bring to you what they want. Again, all the white folks that want to support, welcome. But if you're not coming with the agenda that I want, and you coming and trying to tell me what I should be asking for, even though I done walked these roads and these paths, even though I done lived through this bullshit, then you're not here to support me. You're here to cause disruption. And that's what they keep leaving out the motherfucking news. A whole lot of this shit that's been going on with these protests and right it's not just young black folks, it's white folks too. In a lot of cases, they the ones that initiating the shit. The trap is set. The trap is set. They got us so tied up into our emotions and feelings, we not thinking. The trap is set. Well done. Don't take debate. Well said.
Red's Rants brought to you by Hall Financial, who wants you to know that rates are at an all-time low. That's not a trap. That's not bait. That is a fact. And that's why so many people are refinancing. If you're on the market for that new home, remember, Hall Financial Services is the fastest in the business. You want to refi, you want to get a mortgage, they do it the quickest. That's why they got over 2,000 five-star reviews. And remember, appraisals can be done outside the home. No COVID traipsing in the house. Call 248-308-5000 or go to davidhallmortgage.com. I'm telling you, get it done. Get it done. Fred, your, your fan base is exploding. Uh, NMLS 1467435. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Charlie. No. I thought you were through. No, I'm you sorry. Keep going. I just, it doesn't matter if you talk over that. I just had to get it in there. Does that's rude? That's rude, and I apologize. No, no. I just wanted to. Uh, people are loving your rant, Red. I mean, they're they're saying that you know you're you're, you're delivering reality in a very raw but real way, uh, and uh, they're loving it. They're saying, Charlie, be careful. Uh, he's gonna the the national scene is gonna steal Red from. Yeah, us. fuck you guys. Anyway, you know what? I'm not like you out there. <laughs> not, I, I'm, I'm not a bitter little jealous we, man. We, I'm about go. We all go. Fucking and just to let you know. I was going for the world record of motherfuckers yeah. in a six-minute video against Samuel L. Jackson, too. Yeah, so yeah. I'll get him on the next video. By my count, you did 38 motherfuckers <laughs> and six narratives, which should piss Karen off because that's her word. So you uh, better watch out, too, Karen. Red's just up in here jacking our shit. Ah, uh, what people don't right. My bad, Karen. What people oh, don't know is, uh, Red, who's the professor that's helping you along in a lot of this? Uh, Mr. LaDuff himself right there on the other little box I'm looking at. I want the a other fucking box. piece of this. <laughs> so fuck all of you out there, man. Little people. Hey, little Charlie, people. Charlie's always the one to help everybody. I mean, he wants yes. everybody to do their best. I mean, that's something that we should all adopt. Yeah. I mean, really, really does all the time, whether we know he does. So don't tell him I told you, but he really does. <laughs> and don't forget to go to the DrewAndMikeShop.com. Store. Drew and Mike store.com. Get the fix the shit t-shirts, get the no bullshit hour. Um, and that money's going to help kids. We're working on the car for Jordan. It's, it's moving forward. We're going to get this kid some insurance, a car, get him a gas card and get him moving. Okay, Charlie, you got to tell me what can we do here on the show? I know it's buy a shirt, but I'm not going to, I mean, I got all that already. What else? Because there are people that are asking. Can I they don't just- know. Is okay, there, well, let's figure it out. Does that donate button work? No. No, we got a donate I'm button. Work, I'm Thanks working on it. Donate button. <laughs> yeah, we got a donate button. Press it a lot. <laughs> Nothing will happen. But. I'm going to do shit. I used to well, do that. I, got, I got my contribution. I want to help. So I'm going to make that. I once, when I was working at the New York Times, I got hauled into the fucking executive editor's office over my, my message on my machine. Hi, oh. you've reached Charlie Duff at the New York Times. If you'd like to press one, please do so. If you'd like to press two, Please do so. Otherwise, leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not no, professional. That's not professional. I'm like, no, fucking relax. Oh, God. And you have other things to worry about? Yeah. Yeah. You can just do like me and tell people don't leave a message because I don't listen to them. Yeah, you don't, do you? No? No, right, I do not. Where's my shit? Like, what are we doing? Okay, yeah. Here's the news. You're welcome. You're welcome, Michigan. The Department of Justice has asked for the COVID-19 nursing home data from Governor Whitmer. Yes. Let me read you what the letter says. Here's what they want. 
the Office of Civil Rights is evaluating whether to open an investigation of institutions, quote, providing skilled nursing, intermediate or long-term care, or custodial or residential care that are owned, operated, or managed by, or provide services on behalf of a political subdivision of Michigan. That would be public nursing homes. They want the number of public uh Nursing home residents, employees, other staff, guests, and visitors who contracted COVID-19, regardless of where they contracted it. The number of nursing home residents and staff, etc., who died, not only at the nursing home, but someplace else. Um, All state-issued guidance directives, data, you know, science, Mm -hmm. want all that. Any conversations you might have had with other governors, how you came up with the idea. The number of persons who are admitting to these, admitted to these facilities. So... Whitmer answers with Cuomo of New York, who she copied, and they said this. This is nothing more than the transparent politicization of the Department of Justice in the middle of a Republican National Convention. It's no coincidence the moment the Trump administration is caught weakening the CDC's COVID-19 testing guidelines to artificially lower the number of positive cases, they launched this nakedly partisan deflection. At least 14 states, including Kentucky, Utah, and Arizona, have issued similar nursing home guidance, all based on federal guidelines. And yet the four states listed in the DOJ's request have a Democratic governor. DOJ should send a letter to CMS and CDC since the state uh, advisories were modeled after their guidance. Yeah, maybe it is political. But here's the thing. Who gives a fuck? Mm -hmm. I'm not political. I, I, I'm not a Republican. I asked you in April, right? And we kept beating the drum till the legislature heard us. And then Congress heard us. And you kept saying, data, science, trust me. I don't. So now I got you. Give us the data. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm worried about. There are adult foster care homes, about 4,000 of them, Okay. There are home for the aged, which would also also include long-term care, custodial, or residential care. So, I know we've got some nursing home data. I want all the data. And if you don't give it, I'm going to keep coming. Because I'm nonpartisan. I just don't like shit. If she's following the science, show us the data. Give us the data. For everything. Because we know what you do. We all know it. The serious journalists and reporters, you dodge them. And you go for the goofball shit. Here's one. Oh, she did BuzzWeek's podcast called News O'Clock Podcast last (laughs) Thursday. BuzzFeed, we got 100,000 listeners a week on this show. We're your constituents. You work for us. Did they ask her about the numbers? Nah. They asked her about Shark Week, motherfucker. No one cares about that. Let me do that that. again. Shark Week, motherfucker. No one cares about that. Give me that one, Red. Shark Week, motherfucker. Shark Week, motherfucker. (laughs) Karen, give it to me. Mm -mm. (laughs) Karen, at least say it it like she did, where she just mouthed it. Yeah, do it. Shark Week, motherfucker. I can't, you know, no, I can't even stoop that low. Can't no. you go mother effer? <laughs> Shockley, come on, mother effer. here with me, Karen, is fun. 
Red is my spokesperson. So Red, can you, can you do that for me? Okay. Did they ask her anything of substance that you know of? Does BuzzFeed ask anybody anything uh, of substance? Yeah, BuzzFeed. Uh, BuzzFeed nah. wanted to know what Shark Week motherfucker was. We all thought it was Discovery. Shark Week. <laughs> That's that's funny. That has been forgotten in this whole thing. It's such a stupid phrase, and no one even understands why she was saying it or what it meant. Here's what she said uh, to the podcast, that she once had a debate coach who told her to put a smiley face at the top of her paper when at the podium because, quote, the happy warrior wins. But Gretch corrects that and says, where women used to be demure, now if a woman is talking about menstruation, she might say, well, it's Shark Week, motherfucker. It's funny, and it's about women's empowerment, and it makes me smile. So I would write, it's Shark Week on top of my paper. Karen? No, that's what it is. Karen, you have a vagina. Uh, Do you write Shark Week, motherfucker, on your papers? No, I don't write it. I don't say it. And that makes absolutely no sense at all. I've been married a long time and I've never heard my wife bust out when it's that time of the month and say, Shark Week, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, makes, that makes no sense, Charlie. It doesn't. I mean, not in any vernacular, not in any, it makes no sense. Well, my, my, my wife's, when it's that time of the month, it grows teeth, but we don't call it a shark. <laughs> No, that's actually a harm picture, Charles. When you're talking about leadership as a woman, you don't use any aspect of your womanhood as an excuse or reason why you can't or won't do anything. Oh, stop I mean, bullying me. She's, she's a governor. Like, how do you, I mean, this isn't gym class in eighth grade. I mean, come on. Oh, my God, it's stupid. So, there it is, Governor. You Look, you can suspend democracy. Look, a lot of stuff you've done I agree with. I'm not. I'm a, that guy in the middle again. Mm-hmm. Right, Mark? We talk about it a lot. Yep. A lot of stuff. Yep. A lot of stuff you didn't do well, and you don't just dismiss it. And guess what? Address it. Address it. And make it a lot better. And how come the kids it. are going back to school and you don't give a shit, but reporters can't be in the building anymore to ask you the follow-up? And where were these 14 outbreaks? And how many were in the outbreaks? Right. All we want is transparent. And how come we're not, by the way, this is the segue now. Here's an exclusive. There's COVID in the casinos. And why the fuck isn't anybody being told? Because you allowed to open, madam. Should we just. Perhaps or COVID. (laughs) It's controlling the narrative. Once once Red went, right? We sent Red to do it. We're the only ones covering it. Yeah, Red went, and now you went. You took a visit down Yeah, there. I at the Moda uh, City Casino, Red, um, the COVID check, right, is pretty much a turn your head and cough, right? I get there, and I say, the guy puts the laser on me, and he says, uh, I go, what's the temperature? And he goes, I can't tell you. If I tell you, I get, I get fired. He couldn't tell me my temperature. That makes no sense. That's, that's how this starts. Now, let me tell you what happens here. That's not the only thing they're not telling you. According to a Facebook page for the United Auto Workers members who work at the casino, at least one dealer tested positive for COVID-19, right? So how many other employees came in contact with the dealer is anybody's guess. But union members tell me that there was a supervisor as well, right? So, and then a number of people were quarantined. And I'm wondering, okay, well, how do you tell fucking grandma and grandpa? 
Mm-hmm. How are you telling the public? How, how come we're not told some people in the casino have COVID and they've touched their colleagues and they've been sent home on quarantine? What in the fuck? What is, what is that, a cricket? Yeah, are you surrounded by crickets, Red? Yeah, yeah, this is the natural Detroit sound <laughs> when there's no other houses around. Detroit wildlife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So what are the protocols to inform casino visitors? Okay. I didn't get a call back from any of the local representatives. This is all going around in their Facebook page. I called Brian Rothberg, a UAW spokesman, who confirms the presence of COVID at Motor City. He tells me two people who did not work on the casino floor but who are UAW members came into contact with people who did work on the floor. An untold number are quarantined for 14 days and awaiting test results. Now, a Motor City Casino executive responsible for fielding press questions didn't return calls seeking clarification. They didn't say shit. So I called the Michigan Gaming Control Board. Guess what they said? I'm sure they got a handle on it. Guess what they said? I don't know. (laughs) And they suggested I call the Detroit Health Department. That's what I don't know. I didn't hear anything. So I called the the Detroit Health Department, and a spokeswoman there said uh, she did not know one way or the other. You know what she said to me? I quote, if someone does have it, we'll find out eventually. Oh, great. I'm not fucking joking. Are you serious? Yes. It's not like time is of the essence, huh? So when I asked her uh, if the public is or should be or where you would find such a notification, she ducked behind that well-used phrase by so many bureaucrats and politicians these days. The health department advises businesses to follow CDC protocols. How many? Which ones? Exactly. There have been 85,000 of these. They change every week. Right. But the protocols listed on the city website requires anyone who came in contact with the infected workers to quarantine themselves for two weeks. That, of course, would lead to the whole fucking place shutting down. That's probably why you don't have any information. Now, it needs to be said... That taxes paid by the casinos to the city represent 20% of the city's operating revenue, right? And employees tell me, a bunch of them, that the place opened up way too quickly and it's not safe. That's not me. That's them. That's them. Hmm. So, I call MGM because some of those people think they got infected people. MGM doesn't get back. I call Greektown. Their spokesman says simply, there's nothing we've documented so far, whatever that means. Okay? So, ne- so there appears, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is no one else doing it because you've got to take on the big boys, and none of your media wants to. It's a get-along, go-along. They're not looking out for you. My mom, as you listeners and community members know, goes to these casinos. She goes, a red goes there. Okay. There, no more. <laughs> there appears to be no plan or person willing to articulate a plan as to how to notify and trace the gambling public, which, by casual observation, mine and Red's, is mainly the geriatric scene, people with canes, with walkers, pulling oxygen tanks, and missing limbs. Precisely the high-risk people that have been wiped out by this, although the governor won't give us the science. Where's the science? Where's, where's anything? So when I went on a recent evening, 
Uh, masks were worn around the chin and below the nose. The six-foot rule seemed to be more a suggestion than a rule. I even went like this between two ladies and bumped over my elbows. This is, this is how far they were sitting. Just like this, because, you know, I'm a reporter. Um, garbage cans were overflowing. Did you notice that, Red? In the, in the no, no, no garbage cans, but I did notice a bunch of uh, left beverage bottles and glasses and cups left around. Yeah, and then when they picked them up, they never wiped down after it? Like, what no. the fuck, man? Um, underneath the urinals, it was standing water. Ugh. And you know it wasn't mop water because it was muddy and yellow. So that's nice. Even outside of COVID, or, that's not acceptable. Or maybe it was, Charlie. Maybe they're mopping in dirty water. I mean, hell, why not? <laughs> no, that was the one-legged dude trying to hold it steady at the urinal. <laughs> or the, or the six-legged dude who couldn't make it. You know, the guy at the walker? Fuck it, I'll piss right here. All right. Fuck it. They'll get it eventually. We're all going to get it. Okay. That's um, gross. <laughs> Gloveless dealers and gamblers passing chips freely back and forth across the bays. Yes, it's called the bay. The felt is called the bays. Just so you know, Red. Beer bottles and coffee cups everywhere. Why is the bar and the casino open, but my local's closed? Yeah. Because you ain't hooked up. That's why. This is a joke. Huh? Not one slot machine was witnessed by me to have been wiped down the whole time I was there. And then one oddball at the High Rollers craps table had a peculiar habit of attempting to one-hop the dice off the back wall. That's what it's his thing, mm -hmm. right? Three times the dice bounced over the wall <laughs> and onto the floor, and two times a patron walking by just absolutely picked him up and gave him to the corner man. And I'm like, that's three fucking people touching the knife. And then wiped their nose. This can't be real. That was the dude on the walker because he was already close <laughs> enough to the in. ground to reach the dice. This is crazy. What if you a really mess. think, I mean, we're laughing, but this is really, this is really bad. Okay. Yeah, you know what this is? There's an old saying that gambling's a sure way to get nothing from something, right? But in today's gambling dens in Michigan, monitored by, monitored by today's government in Michigan, you might just get something and not be told anything. Where's the fucking mayor? Where's the health department? Where's the information? It's bad for business if there's it does, It violates the narrative. And I get why they did it. I know why you're doing it, because some people got to have money. Yeah. Old Mikey boy needs money to pay for Deputy Chief's overtime. I get it. The rest of us are dying, man. There's no fucking... Look, just be honest about it. If there's an outbreak, people are still mm -hmm. going to go there anyway. Probably. Right? They know. will. They will. Or they're going to go to a different one. Just well, be honest about it. Well, you see a 65-year-old person with bronchitis and an oxygen tank, inside an enclosed building that has a lung disease, that kind of tells you how much they really care where they won't go gamble. That's true. Yeah. But I talked to a healthcare professional, and they said, you know, people are talking about the second wave, but, you know, within that circle, they're already talking about a third wave. So fall, spring, we're, and, and we should be moving towards another shutdown, but it would have to be a complete and consistent shutdown. It can't just be haphazard and left to everybody's discretion. That's yeah. why we are where we are now. I get that, too. And if we're going to do this, actually wipe the fucking machines down. Yeah. Actually yeah. keep people, go over there and tell them to put their mask on. Don't serve the booze. If I guess if we got to chisel people out of, like, what they don't have. <laughs> yeah. Made a lot of money off these fake checks. 
I was sad. Oh, and one other thing. Red. They're supposed to supply, you know, wipes. So people, if they want to wipe mm -hmm. down the screens and stuff. Oh, there was residue on the slot machine buttons. Oh, God. I was looking. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, it's, they're just in a big mixing bowl. They just throw, like, you know, these serviettes you get at the restaurants with your ribs, yeah. right? They just throw a fucking ton of them in a bowl, and everybody's pawing through these fucking things. Uh, I guess that fulfills their obligation. I love my people and, in Michigan, and, you know? It's and like, their restaurants are open, aren't they? I mean... No, no, the, the food court is open, but there's no food at the bars, and I'm told if you don't serve food at the bar, you can't have a bar open. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. But if it's all under one, one roof, I guess that's I'm applicable. Just, yeah, but I've just seen billboards, you know, saying come back, you know? These bowls of wipes, I love my people. It's like grandma... With those little jellies at the restaurant, yeah. <laughs> or when you, leave them, when you leave, when you leave your, the candy, you you leave for Halloween. You leave the candy on the porch. You took a ton of them. It's just everybody is <laughs> like you cheap fuck. You just took them all. Hey, well they give, they're giving the casino their money. They'll buy more. <laughs> I guess that's how it works. Goes around, comes around. All right. Well, look. That was the guy with the one leg get pitied on the floor. Yeah. He needed him to wipe up his mess <laughs> in the car. <laughs> For my career, you know what I mean? Which is exactly. sticking to my ass over here. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, listen, it's been a great week, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Red, don't be stealing my job now. Not at all. All right. Thank you. Karen, I love you. I do. Love you, too. See you, guys. Red, I kind of like you. <laughs> Mark, I respect you. Mark, wake up. Oh, what? Someone say something? He fell Sorry. asleep. He's a narcoleptic. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Huh? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like, Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record, uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Trying to side my face, it's all day. Won't you please believe when I say, when you know we've been hurt, been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate po-po Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright What you want? You a house, you a car For the acres and the mule, a piano, a guitar Anything, see my name is Lucy, I'm your dog Motherfucker, you can live at the mall I can see the evil, I can tell it I know it's illegal, I don't think about it I deposit every other zero, thinking of my partner Put the candy painted on a Rico, digging in my pocket In a profit, big enough to feed you Every day my logic, get another dollar Just to keep you in the presence of your Chico ah! Talk about it, be about it, every day I see cool If I got it, then you know you got it, heaven I can reach you Pet dog, pet dog, pet dog, my dog, that's all Big back and chat, I trapped the back for y'all I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God When you know, we been hurt, been down before Nigga, when our pride was low Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate po-po Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure 
Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nights in my prayers. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. It's a lot of bullshit going on down here.